What's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. Uh, we are flying solo again. Terrence does not have his laptop ready, and he was off work today. Did not feel like driving all the way over here. I can't believe him. I am a long way away. Does that make sense? Um, let's get right into this. It's actually going to be a light docket show, which, of course, means you're probably going to get tangents out the wazoo, but that's okay. Um, I played Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. This past weekend. This, of course, okay. is the turn-based strategy game uh, set in the Mario and Rabbids universe. I'm I'm pleased to report that they actually have a storyline that makes sense as to how these two groups of characters came together. I'm not going to explain it because it's malarkey, but there <laughs> there is a reason. It there's a reason that exists, which was nice to see. Um, I mean, is it any is it any more ridiculous than a couple of Brooklyn plumbers fall down a warp pipe? No, <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. So uh, I played as much of this game to realize that I don't need to really play any of this more for game. I uh, any more of this game. I I've said before in the lead up uh, to check, you know, seeing previews and stuff like that for this game that it is XCOM for babies, and it is basically <laughs> XCOM for babies. Um, I played through. Pretty much all of the first world, and they basically just take you through a series of progressively more difficult battles that where they you know show you a new mechanic in each battle that could have been they could have doubled and tripled up on this. It's not that hard. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's definitely more forgiving than an XCOM. Um, it's 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 all right. I mean, if you really like the rabbits, that's neat. Um, and if you want an easier way, cause XCOM is, is, is a bit of a deep end of the pool sort of thing. So if you want a more shallow end, uh, introduction to, uh, to, uh, turn-based strategy games, it's fine. Uh, but it's not for me. It's not for me. I, I like my XCOM. I like my turn-based strategy, uh, voraciously difficult and, and fucking punishing. And that is not what Mario and Rabbids uh, Kingdom Battle is so uh, I I didn't have to pay for the game um, I got it I, in a board game swap actually so I'm just gonna probably trade it in and uh, yeah that's it not 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 sorry sorry <laughs> not more enthusiastic about it but it's, it's it was just uh it was whatever did so you got it at a board game swap did you like trade in a board game yeah basically I that? traded I traded someone a board game um and and was given this in return. Which was fun. Are you upset? Like, do you wish you had your board game back? No, because I wasn't playing that board game. Like, like I only trade stuff okay. that I'm not playing, so it doesn't do me any good sitting you. in my basement on a shelf, on my trade shelf. I got so. you. I got you. All right, well, good. I'm glad that uh, the Mario Rabbids experiment is okay if you like Mario and Rabbids. Yeah, or or again, if you just need like like turn-based strategy for beginners then. Uh or ta- you well, know, or tactical strategy for beginners then. There you go. Uh yeah, I probably do need tactical strategy for beginners, <laughs> but no. I'm it's not it's not again, it's not a bad game. It just it is what it is. It is what it yeah. is. Yeah. I don't like the Rabbids. I I don't like them. I they can't blame like, you. Uh, there's there's I mean they really have no redeeming qualities they're 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 like and it's funny because i if i'm not mistaken they predated the minions but they're like a really shitty version like like a like a great value version of the minions i like to think of them as like great value 
Wallace and Gromit characters. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, can <laughs> like see, they, I can see why you would make that, that comparison. Like just, Co- coinc- as a quick aside, I don't know about you, but I cannot stand that style of animation that that studio uses for those Wallace and Gromit. The style of animation characters. or the, uh, like the, the look of it? The, the look of it, I guess. Yeah, because my son, th- that same studio did uh, Flushed Away, which is a movie that came out uh, you know, 12 or 13 years ago that uses a similar, similar, uh, look. And I'm just, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. It looks, it looks cheap. It looks like everything's made out of Play-Doh. It's, I, that's what it's supposed to look like. Apparently yeah. that's really cool in England, I guess, but. There's a, there's another movie coming out using that. I, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. I, I saw the preview for it. So. Yeah. No, thank you. No, it's, it's not for me. Uh, but I will say, in I'm the, looking at flushed away. Yeah, it's. Nice. I'm, I'm looking it's, at flushed away, and it looks like a bunch of uh, rats falling down a toilet. Hole that that is exactly the premise of the movie. That's how it starts. <laughs> That's how it starts. A well-to-do uh, posh rat gets flushed down the toilet accidentally. Must <laughs> live in the slums. Um, in in kids' movie reviews, we're already up to a blazing start. Uh, Despicable <laughs> Me three, which I have watched approximately twenty times over the past three weeks. Gets a thumbs up. Much better than the second one. I liked it. <laughs> Excellent. I, uh, I can't wait to be forced to sit through uh, a bunch of kids. Well, no, I kind of do already, depending on what my wife likes to watch. <laughs> uh, which is why I've seen Boss Baby. Oh, I couldn't even make it through 30 minutes of that. Like, like, like my wife had it on for my son, and like 30 minutes, I was like, I'm going to go do something else. Yeah, it's like, not I'm going to get away from here. <laughs> It's no bueno. <laughs> what is the complete opposite of Boss Baby is Bayonetta. Is, is it is it the complete opposite of Boss Baby? <laughs> <laughs> I uh I bought Bayonetta 2 and then I saw that if you buy Bayonetta 2, you can buy you can get Bayonetta for $10. So oh, you bought, bought it digitally? Yeah. Oh, you silly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and if you bought, for whatever reason, Bayonetta 1 first, that was $30, but then you could buy Bayonetta 2 for $30. So if you want those two games, they're $60. Bucks. Um, yeah, I buy all my games digitally now. Like, I remember, like, way, 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 way back in single digit episodes we were like digital games how are you gonna trade it in when you're done and now it's just episode you know whatever the hell this is and it's like yeah i only buy my games digital <laughs> well, i mean because i mean well it's it, like i said you weren't wasting enough money when you were buying stuff frivolously and then selling it back for 40 cents on the dollar <laughs> now you just want to flush all of the money down the toilet entirely <laughs> down with that posh rat that got flushed <laughs> down the toilet. <laughs> Um, yeah, Bayonetta, uh, Bayonetta 2 is, uh, is fun. I popped in Bayonetta first just to see what it looked like. And it looked like what I remember it looking like. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't have, uh, the Xbox copy on hand to compare the two, you know, releases, but ever, it looked like what I, what I thought it, what I remembered it looking like. Bayonetta 2, um, is more the same. It, it is very fun. Um, it is a uh, hack and slash like action 
game in the vein of uh, Devil May Cry and things of that nature. Um, I'm playing the story. The story, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that is. But um, it, it's like it, it, it's to the point now where I'm just skipping the cutscenes just to go back to uh, just to go back to uh, the actual combat of the game because the combat is still pitch perfect. Like it's still the best. Um, looks a lot better. There's a higher polygon count, so everything looks a little better. Um, I played it in. Um, it looks better in. Uh, handheld mode. I can just because you have a smaller screen. Yeah, I can see that. Everything's a little more yeah. compacted. So it it looks a lot better in handheld mode, but I have a pro controller now, so I can actually play the thing with a big boy controller, and not like like you know my my thumb is big enough to to cover all four of those face buttons, and it's that's a bit of a problem. Have I did I get your impression? When did you get that pro controller? Um, wow, I can't remember because I very rarely play the Switch. I can't remember if you talked about it or not before. I think we did. Okay. But I think I told you that I was getting it, but I don't, I haven't, I I don't know if I've spoken about it. What are you, what are your brief thoughts? Isn't it, isn't it though? Like, like, isn't it shockingly really good? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, but my only problem, my only fucking problem is that the buttons are reversed. Right. Well, re- reversed in in Xbox nomenclature, yes. As we said before, it's actually the Xbox buttons that are technically reversed because Nintendo's been doing it this way for a long time. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, the, whatever. Like we in America, we 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 read from left to right, <laughs> not right to left. So I'm gonna need you to fix that. But no, it's actually a really, really good controller. Like it's got a great feel to it. It's it's kind of like a it's kind of like a hybrid of the of the two. Like it's not as it's not as big as like an Xbox controller, but it's it it feels like an Xbox controller. I I actually really really dig it, uh, and it's getting me to play my Switch, uh, which is a, a good thing. But yeah, Bayonetta, if you haven't if you've never played one, I mean check it out. It's it's fun. Um, do you think it's I a think good, like if do you think it's a good introductory game for, of this ilk, or do you, do you recommend, uh, like a double may cry before you recommend? No, it? I think this is a good enough entry, uh, a good enough point of entry. Um, if for whatever reason you're having difficulty, you can just lower the, the, the difficulty level and you'd be fine. Um, and if you're gonna, <laughs> devil may cry is. Devil May Cry can be very complicated at points. Like if you are, if you're playing Bayonetta, you can get by with just hitting X five times. Mm. Right. But if you want to, you can purchase additional skills, which will, and those skills are very easy to do, right? Like it's press, press the jump button followed by an attack button immediately. Or, you know, hold down a button and then press forward and tap. Like, it's, they're very easy moves to do. Whereas sometimes Devil May Cry can get a little uh, complicated depending on the, the weapon type and stuff like that. But I'm thinking about getting it. Yeah, I need something, something to mash on. So, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's really fun. 
Cool. So uh, real quick, a little housekeeping. If you go to youtube.com slash pixels, you can check out our YouTube channel, which has this show every single week. Uh, it has uh, our some game reviews that we've done. Uh, it has some Let's Plays that we've done. And it also has our clips. And we said last week that we were doing the Sharing is Caring contest, where if you guys, we, we share two clips from each episode later in the week. And if you share out both clips, then you get entered to win. And you have to, you know, also say, hey, you know, check out Jen's Pixels, subscribe to the show, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we have six entries this week. Uh, people that have contacted us and, and told us they shared the clips and the ones we can see on Facebook. By the way, in the future, when you guys do this, just make sure that the post is public on Facebook. That way we can see it because sometimes we don't see all the shares and you got to let us know that you did it. Uh, so we have six entries. Um, I have a random number generator in front of me and we will generate a number and that number is four. And that means our man, Rashawn, you have won, sir. Congratulations. Oh, Son. So Rashawn is our first winner. Uh, you, my friend, are getting a free copy of Shadow of the Colossus for the PlayStation 4. So I will, we will get that to you uh, post-haste as soon as we can. Uh, this is something we're going to do again this week. I will have another game to give away. Uh, let me actually look here real quick. I might, I might could announce on the show what we're going to give away. Uh, but, yeah, that'll but, but, really get the uh, that'll really get the, the people clamoring. <laughs> Gets the people going. Did I wait? Did did I give you Wolfenstein two, or did you buy that? No, I bought that. Well, then I'm going to give away Wolfenstein two for the PS4. Oh week. snap, son! So that's happening. That is happening. So, uh, okay. yeah, kill some Nazis. You can and sh- share your favorite video game podcast. That is right. So again, so Wolfenstein 2 for PS4, up for grabs. Uh, so again, we release one clip on Friday. We release one clip on Monday, uh, which is the day that we also record the show. All you have to do is share them from our Facebook page to your Facebook page and say and talk about the show and how freaking awesome we are. And you will get entered. If you share both clips, you will be entered to win uh, Wolfenstein Part 2. Uh, so also TNP studios is what we are a member of. Make sure that you go to densepixels.com slash premium, sign up for premium content. If you've not done so yet, it is just $5 a month or $50 for the entire year. That gets you episodes of the airing of grievances podcast with Jay and Micah. It gets you a monthly episode of no time to bleed our action movie show. It gets you weekly episodes of the look for political podcast and monthly episodes in the the golden tongues, which you can hear. Uh, we'll have a new episode dropping later this week sometime. Uh, myself, Micah, and Terrence uh, sat down and talked about the latest James Bond film, Spectre. Terrence, not a fan of Spectre or James Bond. It was a, it was really actually kind of funny having a kind of a Bond layman on the show. It gave it a very interesting feel <laughs> coming to James Bond with that approach of someone who is only his only seen the Daniel Craig movies, basically. <laughs> so. There, there are some moments where he's like, this is ridiculous. And we're just like, not for James Bond. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's, what are you talking about? This is, this is, uh, we've seen this 23 other times. Right. <laughs> like, this is the least ridiculous <laughs> thing, actually. So, uh, so check that out when it posts. And then, of course, uh, Dense Pixels, along with all of the other free TNP studio shows, are all on Spotify. Uh, we're also on any other podcast you choose. Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Pocket Cast is my preferred choice. But if you use Spotify for your music you can also use it for your podcast so subscribe to us on there 
uh, and check us out along with the Nerd Apocalypse and Black on Black Cinema as well. So, new releases this week. Oh, man. Is this fucking game something else? Uh, Metal Gear Survive. Micah, I know what you're saying. Metal Gear Survive? What could it be? Well, let me tell you. If if Metal Gear gameplay was the peanut butter and zombie survival was the chocolate, then Reese's peanut butter cups would have never been invented because why the <laughs> fuck does this game exist? <laughs> and my lord, does it look like dog shit. <laughs> so if you want to support Konami's um, you know, attempted filleting of the Metal Gear license as it languishes away from its father, Hideo Kojima, then by all means, pick up Metal Gear Survive. Uh, but please don't, because... Poor Metal Gear. Metal Gear is like the, the, the child that, uh, that is in the middle of a divorce between its parents, and the court has awarded custody to the bad parent. Yes, that's a great... <laughs> that is an excellent <laughs> comparison. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Yeah, please don't fucking buy it. Me and Johnny were talking, and Johnny's like, what do you think they should do? I was like, just kill it. Fucking let, let this shit die. But they won't. They won't, because that and PES is all they have, and, and fucking pachinko machines. So you're going you're gonna to get stuck with fucking horrible Metal Gear ports. Ugh. Oh, man. Speaking of games that look questionable, um, Rad Rogers is coming out this week. I, I've seen a little bit of this game. It is a throwback uh, action platform game starring a very young teenage-looking protagonist, but the game is apparently rated M for Mature because it's incredibly violent and uh, a little bit of mixed marketing signals there in my eyes. Uh, it's one of uh, one of those games. Huh? Yeah, I saw I saw you copy-paste it and, and check that out. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the hell is going on. It yeah. looks like fucking Dash from The Incredibles it with a fucking attitude like problem. <laughs> He's rad. <laughs> Apparently, throwing back to the game, the days where alliteration was all that was needed to make a video game character. And then uh, Sword Art Online, Fatal Bullet. Apparently, a Sword Off Online uh, spinoff game. So, if you were a fan of that anime, then congratulations. Have at that this month. Uh, digital highlights: uh, Armored Warfare, which is a TS uh, PS4 tank game. It's coming out. Uh, Xenon Valkyrie Plus, uh, a roguelike platformer for PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, <laughs> the aptly named Tiles, an action puzzle game coming out for the PS4 and Xbox. Look, I like it when they get straight to the point. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't. You don't need to come up with a fancy name. Like Tetris should have been called Blocks. Yeah, and that would have been. Uh, I mean, like fuck it. Like let's just have every game called Game. <laughs> <laughs> Said Poyo Poyo could have been just called Blobs. <laughs> and then uh some release date announcements uh rick and morty virtual rickality coming to the playstation vr on april the 10th i'm sure rick and morty fans are very excited um and then mega man the mega man legacy collections are coming to the nintendo switch on may 22nd it almost makes me wish that i had not purchased it on ps4 because the switch would be the correct console to play those games on. But then again, I only spent $6 on the PS4 version. So it is yeah. what it is. Uh, so that is it for updates. Let me turn it over to Micah with our headlines. So uh, a while ago, we talked about um, 
uh, Hawaii trying to uh, legislate video game sales uh, with loot boxes. Um, they don't want those games being sold to minors because they feel like uh, games like Star Wars Battlefront 2 are preying on uh, the, the um, undiscerning consumer. Um, so they've introduced a couple of bills to essentially try to police your, your, your spending habits, I guess. Uh, we have an update to that story. A spokesperson for the Entertainment Software Association uh, says that providing gr greater awareness and transparency about the wide range of in-game experiences is a never-ending job. The organization added that it believes self-regulation is the right way forward as opposed to regulations from the government. Quote, we strongly believe that the industry's robust self-regulatory efforts remain the most effective way to address these important issues and that system uh, and that system has proven and uh, has a proven and long record of doing so. Some consumers and parents may have questions about how loot boxes work and ESA has demonstrated a commitment to providing information to guide consumers, especially parents, in their purchasing decisions. Uh, so basically, this guy is saying, look, we, you know, get your, don't tread on me. Get your, <laughs> get, your, get your goddamn government out of my, uh, out of my uh, video game business. I mean, they're not wrong. Um, the last time that, I'd, that video games were facing um, this sort of scrutiny from government was probably the ratings uh, fiasco from the early 90s. And they yeah. did take it upon themselves to create a regulatory board within the industry to police it themselves. And that's gone very well so far. Um, so they're not off base in suggesting that self-regulation is the key. Um, I'm also going to say, and, and I say this, most of you listening are aware of our political leanings. Um, for those that aren't aware, we're, we're pretty liberal folks. Um, but this is some Democrat bullshit. If I've ever seen it in my entire life. <laughs> I get why, but uh, whatever. I mean, I, I kind of don't get why. Like I hate I hate the uh I hate for the uh libertarian to come out, but it's like uh, this is if I put this out there, if someone wants to partake in it, then fuck it, partake in it. I mean, I shouldn't have to uh, I, 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 I don't know, man. I don't know. So, and, and they, basically, they, they say that it's like gambling, and well, gambling isn't illegal in certain, you know, situations. And I, I don't, I don't know. Well, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to basically classify any game with a loot box either with a warning that miners can't purchase it, or they could just lump it in with an M rating, honestly, if they really wanted to. Um, yeah. I mean, which I don't, you know. What I don't know. What do you think, man? Like, like, do you think just slapping a label on the box would be enough? I mean, slapping a label on the—you don't have to do anything for me. Mm -hmm. But slapping a label on a box—I mean, I could see them doing that because you know it's it's the very least that you can do. Um, but people don't read labels; like, they just don't. How many times has a mother come up to you? We've all worked in retail at one point or another. How many times has 
uh, some parent come up to you with a game with a guy with a picture of a gun uh, in one hand and like eight chicks on the other hand and, and it's called like Crime Simulator 4 and, and she's buying it for her you know 12 year old uh, next to him and it's like did you see that big ass mature at the bottom of it or and so labels don't really do anything I don't know how I don't know what you do other than what was what the guy said just like hey we'll put uh you know maybe we'll put odds of you know winning a certain thing but can you imagine like like how it, it it's just too much I think I think you need to educate yourself and I think you need to I think if children are the issue I think parents really do need to take a little bit more responsibility well and here's the other thing too like even if you do regulate this and even if you do force them to restrict the sale of these games to minors it's not going to make a difference because again like you said we've all worked in retail one time or another you told the story of hey this game has lots of language and nudity and violence and guns and drug use and all this other stuff do you want your seven-year-old to have it and most parents are like whatever can you imagine trying to explain the concept of loot boxes to a lay person that doesn't understand what they are and i mean i guess you'd have to resort to the most common definition like hey this game has gambling in it but it's not really gambling either you know what i mean right. so it's i don't know i don't know i just feel like that this is uh, i i feel like the esa or the whoever the esa will figure out something to prevent this from becoming a major problem but yeah it's it's i mean this hate hate to say it this way but it's just dems being dems right now honestly yeah, it is <laughs> <laughs> Not to be that guy, but uh, but yeah, this is some this is some very uh, democratic nonsense. Like we got we got to police your kids for you. Eh, education is much better. So, but yeah, yeah, but hey, who uh, who knows? They'll 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 make sure to get this done. But <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Uh, listen to look forward. Um, next up. THQ Nordic announced that it has acquired Coke Media. What? Not you that. say what? <laughs> Not that Coke Media. THQ Nordic <laughs> was able to buy out the, the media division from, from the Coke brothers? No, no, it's not them. Uh, Brad and I had a Brad and I had a little panic attack. <laughs> had a collective <laughs> freak out before we started recording. Right before the show. We were like, wait, what the hell? <laughs> No, no. Coke Media is a German media enterprise uh, started in 1994 by Franz Koch, and uh, it is it is it's German, and they they <laughs> they are the parent company of uh, video game publisher Deep Silver. Um, so THQ Nordic bought them out for about 150 million dollars, and as part of the acquisition, THQ Nordic, formerly known as Nordic Games now is the owner of game series such as Saints Row, Homefront, Dead Island, Metro, et al. So you're saying that 
THQ, the publisher of games like Saints Row, Metro, Dead Island, and Homefront, now owns the prop the the rights to Saints Row, Homefront, Dead Island, and Metro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. Um, does this mean we can uh, look forward to uh, a new Saints Row game sometime in the in the future? I'll give you the uh, the Peter from Office Space uh, line. I wouldn't say I'm looking forward to it, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, I'm sure we'll get another Saints Row game at some point. Man, those games used to be really, really fun, and then they just kind of... And they just kind of went a little crazy. Like, I remember when they were the anti-Grand Theft Auto, like the, the really fun Grand Theft Auto. And now they just kind of, now they just kind of made you God. Do you think that <laughs> perhaps the Western, I wouldn't even call it a surge because it's not, it's not necessarily a surge, but do you think the popularity uh, that Yakuza has enjoyed in the past couple of years on the outskirts has hurt Saints Row a little bit, especially as they've been in turmoil with this whole license shakeup nonsense. I think those games are, are uh, way too different. Um, they, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, Saints Row is a, a, an open world adventure game in the vein of Grand Theft Auto, whereas Yakuza, Yakuza series is an open world adventure game in the vein of Shenmue. Okay. You know, it is, um, it is it is a little too different, um, but I uh, I just yeah lack of brand uh, lack of awareness I think is just has just hurt Saints Row, and they've tried to you know keep themselves in the spotlight by porting over some of the later titles you know upres them or whatever, but um yeah I don't know I I, I was never a huge um, fan of thq's game like i liked saints row that was about the only one i really played uh Homefront stunk um what were the other ones uh dead island stunk um and i yeah, I, 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 remember, I remember when the first one was all the fucking rage when that game came out yeah then, i bought into then, that crap and then like, that wow, island 2 like, is now like, in development yeah. hell so yeah it just wasn't um it just wasn't for me uh, and Metro, Metro seems to be the only thing keeping them afloat. I mean, and, in um, in fairness, like this isn't this is ideally what THQ would have been. Like it's the it's it's the company that has these games, but without the crippling debt from all of their failed license properties that, that they had. <laughs> so it's like it's like the ideal THQ, basically. Yeah. So we'll see hey, if you're uh, if you're a THQ fan. Bully for you. Um, I'm sure you'll be happy to get your you know. Tattered game or whatever. It's another another overrated series. But um Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh Rainbow Six Siege, a game that is just not on my radar. The uh director says that the game will be around for the next 10 years. So this game, while I don't know too much about it, apparently is one of Ubisoft's biggest games. Uh, Ubisoft recently boasted that Rainbow Six Siege now has 27 million players. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the article that I'm reading this from, they make mention, you know, 
they say, well, it's unclear how many of these players come from. Oh, oh, so they're they're going with twenty seven million registered accounts. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, Ubisoft. <laughs> Settle down. Settle down. So the uh the director of Rainbow Six Siege is quoted as saying We've communicated already a couple of times that our vision for the game is to bring 100 operators uh, or character classes, as Brad had to tell me before the show, because I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm thinking they have like old switchboard operators fucking trying to ping shit together. But um, he also said that today we have 36 different character classes. Uh, Year three will bring in eight more. Uh, that 100 is a symbol of longevity that we want to have for the game. Uh, we are saying uh, extremely loud here. There is no sequel planned, uh, and we will be here for the next 10 years. So expect more Rainbow Six in your life for quite some time. Cut to two years from now, Rainbow Six Siege 2. <laughs> I don't know. That's a pretty bold claim to make if that's uh if you if you're gonna if you're gonna default on it, especially as the game is currently trending upwards. Right. Yeah. Did uh did Destiny make a similar claim? So Destiny Ten years? Bungie Bungie made a ten year plan that I think people assumed meant that they would take the base game and support it for ten years. I don't I think what Bungie more and what they clarified later is that they have a ten year plan for Destiny, the world, the series, the universe, basically. Mm. Not necessarily mm. Destiny One getting extrapolated out to ten years. Uh I see. I see. Um, what do you think of this? Do you think this is do you think this is just them, you know, blowing smoke up everybody's asses as they are with the twenty seven million players? I don't think they're blowing smoke. I think uh I think that this might be a business model that works for them and for this game. But if people want to take this and then they're like, Oh, well, what if you know, what if we see this with Call of Duty? Man, Call of Duty ain't never fucking you know, not releasing a game every year because they make too much money from doing it. You're not going to see, you know, destiny not release a game every three years because they make too much money from doing it. You're not going to see it with battlefield. You're not going to see it with battlefront. Uh, it's, I, I think this is a, this is a business model that works for very specific franchises. And, I mean, Grand Theft Auto is technically one of those franchises, if you really think about it. I mean, they released that game five years ago, and it's still going as strong as it did to the point where I think that, yeah, GTA 6 is going to come out eventually, but I think it's going to come out later than it would have had it not been for this continued uh, flow of money for Grand Theft Auto 5. So that's another game where this particular business model works for that but i don't think it's going to be i don't think this is the beginning of a widespread trend across the entire game industry i think this is just a good move for ubisoft rainbow six and look for rainbow six specifically if they did come out with rainbow six siege 2 uh it probably would do about as well as if they released another major expansion for rainbow six siege and i think that's where they're coming from is saying, hey, we can just, it's its cheaper, there's less overhead for us to just add content to this game and sell it, you know, for $40 instead of, you know, going through the rigmarole of making a brand new game, splitting our community, 
and charging and selling it for sixty dollars, and then forcing people to start all the way at the beginning again with this with this upgrade cycle. Yeah. Do you uh, do you wish for something like this to happen with Destiny? <sighs> like I know you you made the comment that um, you know you don't think it would ever happen, and I agree with you. Um, but do you wish for something like this to happen? I have to say or no because. Like Destiny, Destiny 2, for all its faults and for, you know, what people think about it, is a marked improvement over Destiny 1 in areas that you can't just fix through a patch, right? Like, like it's a better looking game. It's a better performing game. Um, the, some of the systems are much better, I think, than they were in Destiny 1. And those are things, I guess the systems part you can fix, but, but sometimes you do need a new numbered game in the series like it's not enough just to patch it and put out new dlc content because then you're not addressing and and, and we're not in touch enough with rainbow six to know what the complaints are from that games community um but i think i think that it is appropriate and it is important sometimes to have that numbered edition come out it's not always a bad thing yeah it um also like from a psychological point it it uh it makes you like get excited for it again. You know what I mean? Right. There, there is a level of, of, of buzz that you can only generate with, with a new box. Basically. That's absolutely true. Right. Um, last up in, uh, news, the system. How, 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 How dare you, how dare you move on to this story without trying to get us some money? What the hell? You're right. (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're, we're sitting here talking I'm, about I'm, yeah, making money. I'm, you know, you know what uh, else is fucking hype, Micah? You know what? You know what all the kids are fucking hyped up about? Densepixels.com slash Amazon. That's what. Listen, when you go to buy anything from Amazon.com, don't just type in Amazon.com. That shit is lame. That shit is so lame. You type in densepixels.com slash Amazon. Not only is it a more quality URL, both from a length and substance standpoint, but it takes you to our special Amazon portal, which looks exactly the same as regular Amazon, but it, you see that, you know, you see different products in there. That's not true. You see the products you would normally see when you're logged into your Amazon account. They give you your recommendations. They give you some offers based on stuff you bought before. You can also search for whatever you want. What's the difference? Why am I going to this website then, Micah? It seems to me like I'm just typing in more, more characters for no gain. Here's the gain. You pay the same low price, and we get a small percentage of the sale. It helps support this podcast. It helps pay for hosting fees. It helps pay for equipment. Densepixels.com slash Amazon. It is lit, as the kids say nowadays, over there. (laughs) Think about it this way. If you type in densepixels.com slash Amazon enough, your browser will remember densepixels.com slash Amazon, and then you won't even have to type everything. That's right. That's a good point. D-E-N, oh, there it is. So do us a favor, because we need it. (laughs) (laughs) Go to densepixels.com slash Amazon. Look, Micah will come to you with his pockets turned out like the Monopoly man (laughs) on that one one community chess card. Hey, if you promise to do it, I'll even put on a top hat and a fake mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Which you'll order from F from deathpixels.com slash Amazon. No exactly. Doubt. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, our one and only story in headlines or in top stories. Damn, I, I am. I'm just messing that all up. Our one and only story in uh, top stories. Uh, the Systems Shock Kickstarter that raised over $1.3 million has been, say it with me, put on hiatus. <laughs> to me, it sounds like these System Shock people have taken your money and run. And I would too, quite frankly. If you somebody gives me $1.3 million, you ain't never seeing me again. <laughs> Night Dive Studios remake of System Shock has been put on hiatus according to uh, a company statement uh, that is going to be sent out to Kickstarter backers. The game has been funded by $1.35 million that attracted 21,625 backers in the statement from Night Dive CEO, like is even like Night Dive, as in fucking, I'm going to uh, dive into into the night with your money. <laughs> in a statement from Night Dive CEO uh, Stephen Kick, as in kicked you in the balls and then ran off with your 1.3 million dollars. Quote: I have put the game team. I have put the team on hiatus while we reassess our path so that we can return to our vision. Uh, we are taking a break, but not ending the project. Uh, System Shock is going to be completed and all of our promises fulfilled. You see, <laughs> he is taking a break because he's got a lot of your money to spend on hookers and blow. And you're not going to get your game. Uh, shockingly, they blame what they call mission creep, which basically means they promised too much in stretch goals for the game's update. And now they're having Good trouble, Lord. you know, making it work within the parameters of the money that they received in the first place. Shocking. What did they promise? Sy that... System shocking, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Gonna, That's gonna, exactly what they did. I'm just gonna they, write that they, they down came right up now. To you. They came up to you in a in a white suited tuxedo and threw a fucking toaster in the bathtub <laughs> and said "system shocking" and then just rolled the fuck out. <laughs> I wonder what did they promise that is uh, well. Let's let's worth let's take a look. Let's take a look. One point three million dollars. What the hell did they promise that $1.3 million? Well, let's see. Deliver? They 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 added uh they've added gender choice uh for the player. Uh they've added a public channel so that you know fans on Discord so that fans can bug them and hang out with them while they're trying to make their fucking game. Uh you got you got hidden in-game logs that they've added to this to this mix. Um a remix album, that probably doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's like I said, and there, there's like a big box collector's edition that a bunch of people fucking pre-ordered. Um, yeah, man, it's just like we've seen this story so many times before. This isn't new. This isn't unique. Yeah. It always seems to happen in video games more than it happens in any other project. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it, why why is anyone surprised at this point? There is a 
$10,000 pledge that was backed by three backers. Mm. Um, I just want to know who has that kind of money. And um, would you please send it to us? <laughs> I mean, at the very, very least. By the way, I, I like how the top, uh, the top reward of the $10,000 pledge Come to an exclusive party hosted by key members of the System Shock team. Parentheses must be able to travel to Portland, Oregon. <laughs> You're paying ten grand, and uh, yeah. But hey, Mike, you, you you get yourself an in-game portrait of yourself in the game. That's worth ten G's. Gross. Um. Yeah, I just uh, wow. I mean, I can't say I'm, I can't say, like you said, I can't say I'm surprised. Um, now, the, again, they do allege that this is just a hiatus and that they are going to manage somehow to, uh, to make this happen. Um, apparently, they also tried to pitch the game to publishers in order to secure more funding, but that was unsuccessful. <laughs> doesn't doesn't speak well of the game's prospects if they can't get a publisher to be like, hey, look, we got a million and a half dollars from all these people that want to see this game. Here's what we have so far. No publisher was like, sounds great. Here's more money. Sign us up. Everyone's like, mm, nah. <laughs> so yeah. And like I said, I do not mean to dance on anybody's grave here or to, to make light of this, but how many times are we going to see this shit happen before people realize that something needs to be done? Oh, man. And maybe that um, something is you stop giving video game Kickstarters your hard-earned money because all you're doing is funding yeah. the development of a game for 18 months that will ultimately get canceled. Um, I didn't know this. They have uh, comments for this Kickstarter. Oh, boy. I guess for every Kickstarter. Yes, they do. They do have um, comments. Uh, I can't. This guy named Max says, I want a refund. Yep. This game Here was supposed to be finished months ago. Here it comes. Uh, oh, when, actually, when, says, when, oh, I'm sorry. Hey, before, before you get too far, the estimated uh, delivery date of the game, December 2017. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. December 2017. Um. Adam says, the fans of System Shock deserve a refund for this debacle. I expect the backers of this project to take legal action against you, and rightfully so. Well, see, that's the thing. Sorry, Adam, but no, you won't. It's in the, it's in the Kickstarter terms <laughs> of service that sometimes shit happens, and it's, it's your money on the line. So uh, this, guy said, this guy named Fred says, according to Kickstarter terms of service, he failed us, and we have the right to ask for refunds. Yeah, we yeah, have the right to fill, file a... Well, it's supposed to be file a lawsuit, not fill a lawsuit uh, against this orchard who's not selling apples as promised. Like I said, he can, uh, he can think that all he wants. I promise you that, that they will not win. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the reason and the reason they won't is because the developers of the game can say, "Look, here's what we've done." Like it's not like they it, Mike Mike adjusted, it, you know, spoken just earlier. It's not it's not as if they took the money and fucking ran off to like an island somewhere. And they're right. living long as long as they prove that they are working on it, right? Or or did right. work on it and and have an honest, you know, like, hey, no, we tried, but we just couldn't, we just couldn't succeed. Sorry, right. but you don't get your money back for that. And again, that, that's that that is the nature of Kickstarter. It it is venture capitalism via crowdfunding, essentially. And sometimes 
when you make an investment into a venture venture as a venture capitalist, your, the investment does not pay off. And you yeah. know that going in. And a lot of these comments, to be fair, are people who have that mentality. It's like, yeah, I kind of figured it wouldn't happen, but I was an investor and I invested and it didn't work out. Another guy says, I'll be patient and I'm pretty sure you guys will finish the game. Um, but then another guy is like, so can I have my 500 bucks back, please? Because I feel completely ripped off. Like if you go into this with that mentality, you have no business doing it. Uh, I'm not mad at these Kickstarter people. You know, in all seriousness, I'm not mad at these Kickstarter people for, you know, trying to make a buck so that they can make something. Um, but if you feel like you're like you again, it's like you need to you you need to pay attention to what you're doing with your money, and you need to be educated on what you're spending your money on. If you buy that loot box, you need to know that you are not guaranteed the thing that you think you're going to get you're guaranteed something just not necessarily the thing you're going to get. If you back any Kickstarter you have or any Indiegogo or whatever, Patreon, whatever, you need to know that, you know, you're just kind of throwing your money out there. You're giving your money to, to virtual bums. Now, whether or not they're <laughs> going to buy a sandwich or whether or not they're going to buy crack, you don't know. And in this case, they spend a hundred and, uh, $1.3 million on a bunch of crack and you guys are boned. Like I said, stop giving <laughs> these people money. Board game Kickstarters? A-okay. <laughs> you, you will get a finished product at the end of the day. Video game Kickstarters, I would never, ever, 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 ever. It, it, does, it doesn't matter if like, if like fucking, I'm trying to think of a good, if, if like for some reason like Activision went bankrupt tomorrow. And Bungie went on Kickstarter and was like, hey, we need help making Destiny 3. Give us your money. <laughs> I would not do it. No. I would not do it. Show me a finished product. I will be happy to buy it. I'm not fucking funding your hopes and dreams. For you because that, that's all you're funding. Again, with board <laughs> games, we talked about four board games. It's different. You have a prototype. You, you might even have like a pre-pro copy that you can see. You have rules. You, you, you have an outline. You have an understanding of what the product is going to be. Video games, here's what we'd like to do. Can you do it? Maybe. For lucky. So <laughs> stop funding these. Uh, we asked you guys question of the week. Uh, have you guys ever backed a video game Kickstarter in the past? And if so, what was your experience? Would you ever do it again? And if you never have, what would it take for a video game Kickstarter to get your hard-earned money? Justin says, most of what I backed has been board game related, and I've always gotten exactly what was expected. Blue Paven. Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven second printing had some shipping issues that delayed stuff by about a month, but that's it. I got my shit delayed even further, by the way, Justin, just so you know from that campaign. Uh, the only video game related thing I backed was Shadowrun Hong Kong from Harebrained Schemes. This was also delivered intact and on time and as expected. Thus far, I've managed to avoid all the shitstorms. And I know why Justin has, because Justin is a discerning uh, purchaser and has only, I'm sure has only backed companies with established track records, which is also a good thing to do. Uh, when you're looking at Kickstarter. Yeah. Our buddy Justin is not an idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just going to – Justin's not going to give $10,000 to somebody and just be like, all right, when, when, when should I book my flight to, <laughs> to Oregon? Portland. <laughs> to Portland, yeah. So I'll give you $10,000. You better comp me a Southwest ticket. Not a Spirit, not, not a Spirit Airlines ticket, though. Yeah, not a you Spirit gotta, you gotta, Airlines ticket. You got to upgrade a little bit. 
Uh, <laughs> Trey says, I have backed three games on Kickstarter and only one of them met their goal. Uh, eventually, maybe that successful one will let me avenge my father by killing Londi, while the other at least <laughs> updates on occasion when that former Castlevania Konami guy is not hanging out with David Hayter. Yeah, whatever happened to Bloodstained? What's going on with that? Yeah. We talked about that like a year ago, and they were, they were, they were uh, delaying it. But I haven't heard word yeah, one that since. Was, that was the new, that was the one that was going to work, right? Right. Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, Gustavo says, I would give my money to a video game Kickstarter if they show a small amount of gameplay. I don't want concept art or an idea for a game. And see, that's the problem with game Kickstarters, that they don't have anything developed. Because if they did, they wouldn't need the money. Like, that's the, that's the thing. So, what you run into. Uh, Johnny says, it really is difficult to back up certain endeavors. We don't know where the money is going, and if we can count on the developers to follow through on their promises. But there is one thing I can promise, is that Hogan and Savage are going down on the next time limit draw. And now, a dramatic reading. <coughs> I mean, move the mic away. Super Brawl! Hogan! Savage! Two cages! Blood! Sweat! And... Woo! Tears! I'm gonna threaten a dog! Super Brawl! Super Brawl! WCW! Listen to this week's time <laughs> on the draw. I love that, that promo, by the way. It's one of my absolute <laughs> favorites. I'm sorry I didn't have my Gold's Gym t-shirt on while I read that, but uh, I fucking love that shit. If, if no one's ever seen that, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's easy to find on YouTube, um, but it is the most crazy cocaine-ridden Ric Flair promo that you've ever seen in your entire life. And I highly recommend everybody watch it. Oh, goodness gracious. Amir says, backing games on Kickstarter is a Babylon thing. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. And I feel like I should. Because I don't know if it's something like... Okay, according to Urban Dictionary, Mm -hmm. Babylon Ting. Oh, it's not, it's not, it's not Thing, it's Ting. It is actually Ting. Yes, it is Ting. Hmm. It is defined as something artificially created to mind fuck the masses. Hmm. Okay. The example they use, Bitcoins are a Babylon Ting. Okay, well that's, you know what? (laughs) Very good. Very good. (laughs) Uh, Randy says, no, I haven't. My experience was that I saved some money. And if they want my money, they're going to have to rob me. So bring it. Yo, Randy might be the blackest dude I've ever heard of in my entire life. He's just, he is, he is, he is unapologetically black. Like that, like it might as well have been called like uh, Randy Panther as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, Camp says, uh, I've, I've never backed any of this nonsense because I don't trust people. For a game to get my money, they would have to send Letitia Wright to my apartment to hang out with me all day and play Monster Hunter World with because I'm not a creep. And I'm not going to ask her for sex from a Kickstarter, but I'm also not going to turn it down from her either. <laughs> Cam, Cam has had a transformative experience this past weekend. <laughs> Said black, 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 woke. Uh, black Panther has, 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 has awoken a new side of Cam that yeah, we have man. not Cam, seen. Cam, Cam was already a cool dude, but now Cam is like, 
I feel the fucking plight, man. I get it. <laughs> uh, Randy also says, here's proof that Piccolo is black. And apparently Tupac did the voice of Piccolo for an episode of Dragon Ball Z. Is that true? That is not true. Tupac played a character named Piccolo. Oh. And I think it was Poetic Justice. I see. But it says one episode, so it would have had to been a TV show. Huh. Yeah. I, well, yeah. That's kind of weird. I wonder why they say that. But oh, no. That's right. It's not poetic justice. He played Piccolo, a character from a different world. And he was um, Jada Pinkett Smith's like ex boyfriend. Was he known at the time or did he just happen to show up on a different world? No, he was he was Tupac. OK. Yeah, he was Tupac. And yeah, I remember because Jada would always talk about Piccolo back in Baltimore. Because her character was from Baltimore also. Mm-hmm. And she would always talk about uh, Piccolo from Baltimore. And you always hear about Piccolo, Piccolo, Piccolo. And she was dating this dude who nobody knows the name of, but everyone has seen in every, like, black thing in the 90s, right? Like, he's like a pretty Ricky-like type dude, right? And all of a sudden, Piccolo shows up at Hillman. Yeah, I remember that now. I remember that. Go ahead, Randy. See, that's again, that's black as shit, Randy. Like, I, get it. I get it. Uh Jake says Shenmue lives until our wallets die, Orlandi, and I'm comfortable with either one. <laughs> that is the only tough part too with the video game Pixar is even the good ones, they go radio silent for a while. So it is uh it is tough. Uh Malcolm says I never backed the game. Shoot, I really even pre with Dragon Ball being the exception. Now, there was an indie push to get a new Streets of Rage. Now I'm interested. Otherwise, these colonizers aren't getting my money. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm uh, fascinated that like, calling white people colonizers is going to be a thing. Now. It is going to be a thing. So just get ready to accept it. I'm fine. I mean, let's see. My ancestry is Irish. We didn't colonize it too much, but there's also a lot of Dutch in me, and they. They were certainly <laughs> colonizing. So I'll allow it. Uh, Leonardo says, that's why you only donate a dollar. See, but the problem is that only gets you project updates. It doesn't get you. It doesn't get you the product itself at the end of the day. So uh, Michael says, if they offer to reward the punch Clithy B in the face, I'm all in. <laughs> George uh, keeps it short and sweet. He just says, Nah, fam. And Gaston <laughs> says, I've never backed a game. Probably never will. There are too many examples of people wasting money, even if it doesn't always happen. So for me to kickstart something, it would have to be at least a trailer before they got my money on top of being something that I actually want. And those were your guys' thoughts on Kickstarter. Thank you very much uh, for your responses to the question of the week. Uh, Micah, what would it take for you? Because I mean, because I mean, I I would figure that Shenmue three would have been the thing to get you over the edge. So, what would it take for you to back a video game Kickstarter? Nothing, man. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna throw my money. The only time I would invest in something is if I could get like a financial return. I'm not gonna invest in something that is um that won't benefit me monetarily. Because that's just an IOU. Like, I just bought an IOU from somebody. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to buy a product that doesn't exist yet. 
<laughs> it just it just doesn't make sense to me. Like I would buy something that already existed but is sold out because it already existed. It has proven to be, you know, that it could be manufactured. Um, that's like me saying, yeah, I'm just going to pay for uh, uh, a hover bike. <laughs> I'm I'm going to I'm going to kickstart a lightsaber. Like a real working lightsaber like in Star Wars. Like I no, like a shit like that doesn't or, exist. Or, or a laser laser razor. Yeah, or laser razor, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh shit, is that is that French press Kickstarter the J-Back still going on? I'm going to have to double check that. I think that it is cuz I think I might get one of those. Yo, just buy a French press. I have one. I want this one. What is what is the big deal about this? So one? this one, first of all, the the bottom opens out so that you can clean the grounds much easier when you're done. It has an hourglass, a magnetic hourglass on the side that you can flip over. That is that is a perfect three and a half minute hourglass, which is the exact time that the coffee needs to steep inside of the press before you before you press it down and pour your cup. It seems like a lot of work for coffee. Now, I'm a I'm a new coffee drinker. Oh, really? I uh, yeah, I I, I don't. Uh, I'm a brand new coffee drinker, and I I don't drink like regular coffee yet. You know, I gotta get I gotta ease myself in there. So I go to Starbucks and I get like a cafe mocha stuff like that. I mean, that's that's to- one way to do it. I'm I'm much more of an advocate of just fucking cut to the chase. Drink your black coffee, grit your teeth and bear it because eventually it gets really good. But you have to, you have to, you have to get, it's like beer too. Like beer's the same way. Nobody likes beer the first couple times they drink beer, but you acquire the taste for it. And then once you, cause, cause here's the thing, coffee drinkers, you, people that put the cream and sugar in their coffee, fuck out of here with all that. You're just <laughs> fucking diluting that shit. And, and, and you're not a coffee drinker then at that point, you're just fucking drinking, you know, brown water with cream and sugar. In it. Fuck that. You want to drink <laughs> coffee. You got to taste the coffee. And the only time you taste in the coffee is if it's black. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Brad and Heavy D both <laughs> like their coffee with no sugar and no cream. That's the, those are the type of girls that get down on their team. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll have to turn you on to some good brands, but we'll, we'll talk about that not on the show. Unless you guys want us to at some point, not maybe down the road we'll have the coffee corner. We'll have the rope J in there. This shit as well because he won't allow it to stand without him uh, without him being here. Uh, make sure you leave us a five star review on iTunes. We will read it on the air. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Dense Pixels. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we have a Dense Pixels Twitch channel just for the show. And then, of course, uh, we have our personal ones as well. I am Dense Fixes Brad. Terrence is Apparition 410. Micah is Dense Black Nerd. And Terry is Suffolk's Channel. So thank you guys very much for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time.